Okay, guys, listen up. Good to see everyone here this morning. Uh, if you watch us online, we're extremely grateful that you've chosen to watch us. It's the Central Church of Christ at, at 801 East Airline in Victoria, Texas, if you don't know who this is. Uh, if you've caught us by accident, uh, that's who we are. Uh, we're studying 2 Timothy, where we're going to be. Uh, we're going to be in Chapter 3. Right at the end of Chapter 3 is where we're going to be. Uh, again, thank you for being here. Thank you for... Uh, and if you're watching online, you can only see this part. There's about there's about 40, 50 people in here. You can only see this part. Uh, and and you, I will try to repeat everything that people say so you can so you can get a, a, a sense of what's going on. Uh, but anyway, uh, I got one thing to tell you. I don't know how many of you knew this individual, uh, but Brian Hode. Do any of y'all remember Brian Hode? Brian Hode died Friday afternoon. Uh, yeah, he went quick. Uh, we went to see him uh, Tuesday, and then we went back to see him Thursday. And I think when Mark and Ann went to see him on Friday, he was, you know, bad, bad. So he died. He died Friday afternoon. So he was a member at Vanderbilt Church. He came here for a while on Wednesday. Or he'd come on Wednesday night. He'd come on on. Uh, he'd come to my Friday night class. He came a few times. Uh, very uh, uh, big, tall cowboy. Always wore a cowboy hat. Uh, had a real deep voice. Uh, so. Anyway, uh, prayers go out for his family. Uh -huh. Anything on the She's doing really. She's doing well. What Sandra? Sandra went and saw her the other day. Said she's alert. She's talking. Uh, she's uh, frustrated because uh, because she uh, uh, because she can't do the things she wants to do, uh, but uh, but still alert and, and still still functioning. So, uh, Roberta. Roberta's. I won't say she's she's great, great, but she's. But she's doing better. Yeah. You know, she can talk and communicate. And she wants visitors, so if you want to go see her. Because I got a text last night. This is the reason I was asking uh, from Steve. Okay. Uh, and I had texted Roberta, and she had never texted me back. And then finally last night, he said, this is Steve. He's having a hard time. She'll try to get back to us soon. Yeah, you know, okay, with, what's going on? with these situations, guys, you know, when you get to the end, close to the end, you know, you're going to have ups and downs. Yeah. And, you know, when you when you start to visit, I mean, we went to see uh, Brian on Tuesday and again on Thursday, and he was markedly different when George and I went on Tuesday to when Cole and I went on Thursday. Completely different. Uh, so you saw the, the downward progression. Uh, so, but, you know, Mark and Ann have been dealing with Brian for a while, and he'd been pretty stable for a while until once it started to get to that point, you know, it's yeah. it's. You can tell it's 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 unraveling quick. So, uh, but anyway, you know he's remember the church. He was faithful. Tried to be faithful. Uh, so, you know we turn him over to God and uh, deal with deal with what's left. So, anyway, uh, that's what I got. 
So just pray for his family. He's got a sister and a brother and a mother that live here locally. So just pray for them, all right, uh, as they deal with all of this. Uh, let's pray and we'll get started. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for the opportunity we have to be here this morning. Father, we, we're grateful for the, for the power of the word. We're grateful for the ability that it has to change hearts and change men's lives. We know that our responsibility with it is to, is to learn it and to apply it and to teach it. And we pray, Father, you help us to do those things as we, and learn how to do those things as we move forward this morning. Father, we pray your blessings upon us as a family here. Uh, we've got a lot going on, getting close to the holidays. We'll have a lot of things going on. And I just pray, Father, you bless this church as we, as we reach out to this community and strive to teach them about the, the saving power of your son. Father, help us to do that. And, uh, and thank you for the opportunities that have come already and the things that will come uh, in, in the near future. Father, I pray that you be with Cole this morning and Mark and Ann as they, uh, as they travel to Fortran. I pray, Father, that that will go well and, and, uh, and it will develop a, more of a bond between us than we already have. Father, thank you for blessing us and thank you for bringing us here. And thank you for the opportunity we have to study and to worship this morning. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Paul has been talking for two letters. Okay, if you haven't been in here, if you haven't been watching us, let me kind of recap it in five in 25 seconds. He's been talking a lot about false teachers. A lot about false teachers. And about what the dynamic of the false teachers were within the confines of the church at Ephesus. We have learned a lot. Or we can learn a lot from what he's been telling us and what he's been saying about, about these false teachers and what the narrative is and what kind of people they are. He told us at the beginning of chapter 3, he said in the last days it's going to be terrible times, difficult, vicious times. And I, I showed you from the scriptures that we are in the last time. You know, when Peter got up and preached at the day of Pentecost, he said he, he taught, he, he quoted Joel the prophet and Joel the prophet Joel says, in the last days, and he said, in the last, he said, he quoted, he said, we are in the last days. So here we are. There are vicious times, terrible times, depraved ideas, depraved men, and, and it's our job. Listen careful, folks, okay? It is our job to make sure that we know what the book says and know how to apply it in our lives and then not be afraid to do that. My first question to you this morning is, how would you? How do you recognize false teachers today? How do you recognize them? Is there false teachers around today, and how do you recognize them? This is important, guys. Okay, because they are they are bombarding you. You better know the word. They are bombarding you. I just heard the other day. I watched a prominent female preacher. You listening to me? A prominent female preacher. I'm not going to tell you what her name is. And I watched her sermon talk, whatever you want to call it. I don't call it any of that. I call it garbage. What I call it. She's promoting a new ideology. The man-centered ideology. She went to the book of Leviticus and talked about the, about the tabernacle, about the ark, and about the priestly garments. And twisted that to say that that was about us and it's about you and because because God was so specific in detail that's how he specific in detail is in your life and I said excuse me what 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 happened to the blood what happened to Jesus what happened to none of that came out 
It was all about that you are the most important person and you're the most important person in your life. And I'm going, people really bought this? Yep. Had hundreds of thousands of people in the audience watching it and listening to it, hanging on every word she said. How are you going to spot a false teacher today? How are you going to spot them? You know, now one said, you got to know the word. Okay. How are you going to spot them? By their fruits. Let's say you don't know any of that stuff. I understand that your respons the responsibility for you, and we're going to get to that in just a minute, is you need to know the book. All right? What if you don't have that? What if you don't yet know that? And you're listening to someone online, on TV, whatever. Yes, ma'am. They, they want money. Okay. <laughs> They want money. Okay? That's one way, I guess. A lot of money. Hey, I get up there when a new comedian thought and say, I want money too. You know? Said it last week. John L's going to get up there and say, We want money. <laughs> you know? This morning, that make you, you know? I understand what she's saying, but how are you going to spot them? If I, my question, how do you recognize false teachers today? A lot of them are getting rich, okay? All right. I think, yes, yeah, David. Y'all hear what he said? They denied Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Now, most of them will not blatantly come out and say that. They don't say, well, I denied Jesus. They're not going to do that because they know what would happen. But they do that by teaching things that are not true. You know, I, I wrote down a couple things. When they use scripture out of context, when they take scripture out of context and say, I'll give you one, John chapter 10 and verse 10. You know what that scripture says? And Jesus came to give us life and give it to us abundantly. You know what they do with that scripture? Health and wealth. Health and wealth. They promote it. They created a, a whole dynamic of, of churches and preachers on that one idea. Health and wealth, Doc. And it comes from that verse. That's where they didn't get it from. That Jesus came to give us help, to give us, to give us life and give it to us abundantly. If you look at the context, that's what he's talking about. But they don't care about the context. You know, if you don't, if you don't know how to study scripture within context, you're gonna get duped. At some point you're gonna get duped. Yeah, another one. When they push a doctrine that's not biblical. I'm gonna get in trouble. When some of these places preach, when some of these women preach that women have the same authority and the same dynamic as men do, that is unbiblical. Are you listening to me? It's unbiblical. I wouldn't step foot to listen to somebody that that's what they preach or that they were doing that. I wouldn't. I wouldn't do it. And and I said, okay, well, I'm going to listen to what some of these some of these people say. And I'm going. They don't care what the book says. Do you understand? They don't care. If you're going to follow somebody, you better make sure they have their ducks in a row. Because they, they'll lie to you about one thing, they'll lie to you about a bunch. That's not the only thing they'll lie to you about. You know, I heard one say, well, I didn't know I couldn't preach until that guy over there criticized me for doing it. What book are you reading? I'll take you to the text where my book says it. What about uh, once saved, always saved? That's a doc, that's a 
That's a doctrinal ideology that's not biblical. I heard, I, I went to that conference, at, that uh, whatever conference it was, at one of the churches here in town, and I heard it the first class I was in. Made a statement like that. And I looked at Cole, and Cole looked at me. I said, Cole, don't say anything. Just, just. <laughs> we did, but we did it the right way. You know, we didn't attack their doctrine or anything like that, but, you know, it, it just, you know, once saved, don't saved. I mean, that's that's not biblical. You know, I've, I've got, hold on. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. That's all I've got. Eleven scriptures in the front of my Bible that says once saved, always saved. And that's the refutes once saved, always saved. Eleven scriptures. Just eleven. In my other Bible, I've got thirty. I just put eleven in this one. I thought that was enough. If you're not going to listen to eleven, you're not going to listen to thirty. You're not going to listen to any of them. Okay? You know, what about uh, how you find salvation? Hold doctrinal stance. You know, whole doctrinal stance about how you find salvation. All I do, got to do is, is is recite this magical prayer, or walk down this magical aisle, or I'll go dump, jump in that magical water. It's not biblical, any of it. Okay. We're finding the book where that's how I'm telling you. This is how you spot somebody <coughs> that's teaching things that are not true. That's to false teacher. Whose responsibility is it? Once, once you've identified whose responsibility is to deal stuff, to deal with it. My responsibility to make sure that you don't that you don't step off into into a hole. Partly, but it's mostly mine. Mostly yours. It's my responsibility. If you don't know the book, guess what's going to happen? You're going to step in a hole. Okay. These things sound great. It sounds, you know, I. I want it to where all I got to do is say, I accept Jesus as my Savior and everything's fine. That's not biblical. The book don't teach that. Never in the book of Acts, nowhere does it teach that. Is that part of the salvation? Absolutely. I have to accept that Jesus was who he said he was. But that's not all of it. We're going to be in verse 16 and 17 this morning. And, and I went there because I knew I, I knew what what I wanted to get out of you this morning, and and this is where it says all scripture, you know, okay. And we're going to look at one other text. We're going to look at First Peter chapter four. So you make you can. You know, I want you to turn over there first. We're going to look at First Peter chapter four first, and then we're going to read this one. Never my mistake. First Peter chapter one. I'm looking for I'm going, that don't say that. First Peter chapter one. Starting uh yeah, in verse twenty. Okay. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna start in verse twenty because I don't have time to read it all. I want to read the whole text, but look at chapter first Peter chapter one, verse twenty. He has chosen before the creation of the world, uh uh that's not it either. I wrote the wrong one down. 
I'll find it. I'll find it and bring it to you. Let's go back to let's go back to second Tim the second Timothy. If I just look at my notes, it's second second Peter chapter one. <laughs> Not first Peter. If I just look at my notes, I'd find it. Instead of trying to figure see the problem is I got preached this morning, I got all these scriptures running out of my head. I'm trying to keep them straight, and it's kind of hard sometimes to keep them straight because I'm getting old. Just a, just a fact, you know. As you get older, get less able to, you know, have to, I have to write more notes now. Is it still 20? Yeah, still 20. I just couldn't get the, the right book or the right chapter. I got it now. We got it now. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 20. Above all, you must understand... That no prophecy of Scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation of things. For prophecy never had its origin in the human will, but prophets, through hum though human, spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Now, why is that important? Why is that important? Because it's from God. Because it's from God. All right? The, I, I've told you before, if I sit down and study with somebody, there's two things we're going to establish first. All right? That God is real. We're going to establish that first. God's real. And that he wrote this book. Because if he didn't, you know what we're going to do? We're going to argue. And we're going to debate. And I'm not arguing and debating with you. I don't have time. If you say that this book came from God, okay, then what the thing's in it, now we don't have anything to argue about. All right? We're going we're gonna to study what it says. Now, that scripture right there says that God, that God breathed, that God gave them the words to speak. To speak okay? When you have 66 books, over 40 writers, over the span of four or 5,000 years, you would think they, they couldn't keep a complete train of thought for any length of time. Would you say that's true? We couldn't do it in this room. Give us an idea in this room. What's there, 40 people in here? Give us an idea in this room. Give us a week, and guess what's going to happen? We're going to have about 13, 14, 15 different ideas. We can't even keep it straight for a week. But if one person wrote it, you know, I've, I've, I take people to the text. I, I like the one in, in Isaiah chapter 40. You have to turn over there. I just, to, to prove, Isaiah wrote about 700 years before Jesus. It's about how, how long he wrote. About 7, 750, something like that. He wrote to both, both the southern and northern kingdoms who he wrote to. And in chapter 40, verse 7, he says, And God sits enthroned above the circle of the earth. And I thought, what? How did he know that the earth was round? How do you know? How do you know that the earth is a circle? How do you know that? They didn't have they didn't have all that fancy stuff we got now. Now we got we got all that fancy stuff, and people still believe the earth's flat. <laughs> I'm just telling you, you know, they still believe it. We got all that fancy stuff. You you know, see, you know, I mean, we did did any of y'all watch any of the solar eclipses? <laughs> We had a we had a welding helmet that we couldn't look through it and see it, and we had it as high up as it would go. We couldn't, and it's still you can only look at it for just a bit. It was bright. It was bright. If you looked at it with your eyes and with sunglasses, you couldn't see it. You know, you just if you if you understand the dynamics of it, you understand that 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 there's no way a flat Earth can do that. Can't happen. So you know, here he says that all Scripture uh, came about not not through a prophet's own interpretation, but came from God. Now, go back to 2 Timothy and look at what it says. All Scripture is God-breathed 
and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. There's a lot there. I hope we'll get through it all today. What does it mean to you? With that first verse, that first phrase, and the verse we just read, what does it mean? God, it's God breathed. What does that mean? It's like it's like he breathed it into them, okay? Like he like he used their personalities because he you have to understand that because if you read the gospels, you understand there are four different guys writing this. There's four different personalities writing this. They're writing to four different groups of people. Now, and when you look at this and you say, okay, wait a minute, you know, how do I explain this? God breathed it into them. Now, how important is that important to you? Why is it important to you? Why is, why is it important that God breathed it into these men? It wasn't their idea, it was God's idea. It wasn't their idea, it was God's idea. We can know it's true because of that. We can know it's true because of that. Anybody else? Why is it important to you that God breathed it into them? Why is that important? When you're looking for false teachers and you're trying to identify them, like I've already said, that's what you're doing. And let me tell you something again. There are a slew of them out there. I could name off names, and you'd be like, no, 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 no. And most of the names I start to name off, you'd know. If you just listen to what they say and try to try to line it up with the book, and they're trying to promote this doctor or that doctor, take this context, this out of context, that out of context. You know, I, I, uh, early on, I was a Christian about a year, and I went and sat in a church of where I went before many, 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 many times. And I'm listening to a guy talk that's got a lot of letters behind his name. Okay? There's P's and H's and D's and M's and all. There's all kinds of letters behind his name. You know what that's supposed to mean? He's really smart. That's what it means. And I'm sitting there about halfway through, and I, and I, I think, I don't know if George remembered, and I, look, and I said, how come I'm, not, I'm smarter than this guy? How come I know more about this than he does? He's supposed to be really smart. How come I know more than he does? Because he was trying to promote his agenda. He was trying to promote his doctrinal ideology, and I was just looking at the book, and I just I just want to know, what does this say? Tell me what it says. And when I figured out that this thing was God-breathed, that God instilled within these prophets and these people, remember we talked about it, I think, last week or so, that these prophets long to understand what you know. Many of them, they're writing, they don't have a clue to write. They don't know what they're writing. They long to understand. It says even angels long to look at these things. Even angels long to know what you what you have at your fingertips. And when we take so much for granted and we abuse it so much, they long to understand this. That's what it says. How important is it then? Should it be to us then if, if we look at it and say the prophets that wrote it didn't have a clue what they were writing many times, couldn't connect the dots like you can. Angels that you... That, you know, there's now there's a big thing out on the internet now where they where they take pictures and people are screaming and doing nods of they you're seeing angels with big wings, they're flapping their, and they're going up into the clouds. Y'all seen any of that? Go watch YouTube for a while. You'll find it. Up. It, it looks phony. Because I know what the book says. You know what the book book says it ain't gonna happen like that. That's not how it's gonna happen. What were you gonna say, David? I believe the Holy Spirit uh I think I think not only that, I think that's pretty obvious when you look at Paul 
You look at Peter. I think he did. I think he was involved in teaching them their, their character. I think he also was giving them the words straight because he, he's God. And he was giving them because it says the Holy Spirit is truth. Jesus said he was the truth. The Father is the truth. Anything that comes from them is truth. And I think that they was he was breathing into them through the Holy Spirit, giving them the words to say as they wrote it down and penned it. I think I think he I think he's he uh, uh, preserved it for us. You know, you think God would preserve a book that we need to follow, and 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 not spend extra amount of time preserving it. You have you have to you have to ask yourself. You know, I started studying this thing to try to disprove it. That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to prove that what I've been doing and my parents had taught me was right. That's where I started. I started looking at it and saying, okay, I'm going to find the things that, that, that are, are, are going to tell me that, that this thing's a joke. And then I'll be, able, then I'll be okay. And then I'll be able to do, go where I, where I want to go. Didn't happen that way. Not what happened. The more I studied it, the more I, the more convinced I was that what I'd been taught was not right. Not this. Because I couldn't disprove this. I connected things together and I couldn't disprove it. It was only made it stronger. When you can connect Genesis with Revelation, when you can connect Leviticus and Numbers with, with uh, Hebrews, when you can conduct, connect it to Galatians, you know, it gets really hard to disprove when you can connect things together that were written 3,000 years apart. It's really hard to disprove it. Now, he says all scripture is God-breathed. So we've established that God wrote the book. Y'all believe that? Or are y'all still on the fence? And that's fine if you're on the fence. I was on the fence for a long time. But if, you, if, it, if it proved it to you, then that's the first step in being able to recognize when someone is teaching you something or trying to promote something that is not true. If you're not, if you're not going to buy into this, then somebody is going to be able to dupe you. Okay? Going to be able to teach you something that God didn't intend for you to, to learn it that way. Now, he said, he said, all scriptures, God breathed. Uh, how do, well, I got a question here. How does society distort God's truth? If this is God's truth, how does society distort it? How does it do that? Shortcuts. Huh? Shortcuts. Shortcuts. Explain what you mean. Shortcuts. In my opinion, Paul, who wrote most of the New Testament, identifies the human will, and pretty well every way to distort it possible, and most of it comes down to, you know, skipping the steps of, you know, uh, being a Christian. <laughs> Whether you, it's once saved, always saved, or baptism, or... Whatever it is. This whatever is allowed, and yep. there was such a focus to, to use the law, or, you know, a hybrid of everything. Mm -hmm. uh, but now, today, I mean, we're the path to least resistance. <laughs> Sadly, can be. And so the shortcuts are more appealing. And so it's very easy to distort. When, when he's saying when the shortcuts are more appealing, when he appeals to our sensibilities about what we want, what's important to me? What what is what I want to I want I want to be healthy and wealthy. I do. I want to be entertained when I go to worship. I do. Yeah, I want to be. I want to have uh, a a a sense of a sense of, of belonging okay 
And so they take scripture and they twist it around to make it say, make it do, you know, what it doesn't say or doesn't do. And when you look at this, and it's that, you know, when society, when society begins to start to undermine the credibility and the truth of the book, and how does it do that? How does it, that's how it distorts the truth. How does it distort the truth? Well, God wants me to be happy. God loves everybody. And God, God wants me to be in love with someone. So they, he wouldn't have a problem with me if I loved you know, th this guy down the street. He wouldn't have a problem because he, he's a God of love and he wants me to love. That's distorting the truth. Okay? That's distorting the truth. He, God, you know, when you, when you talk about, uh, I'm going to walk, talk enough here. I'm going to get myself in trouble. <laughs> you think so? They remove guilt too. Because yeah. nobody likes to feel guilty. So How to remove guilt. Yeah. How, how do we do that? Make everything okay. Make everything okay. Make everything okay. Remove the guilt. Thank you. You got me off the hook. <laughs> no, I'm going to get back there. You wait. <laughs> and we also don't want to have to work for anything. Okay. And I understand this is given to us by God. Mm -hmm. Salvation is. But then there are certain things that we have to take well, look at, look at for. Well, look at what it says. Yes. It says, it says for the, the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. That's right. There is a responsibility we have to work. And to do things that God's called us to do. This scripture is that they're designed to equip us to do that. Okay? But when you distort the truth, when you take the truth and you start to distort it, you know, homosexuality, abortion, and when you start to develop a, an ideology and a biblical ideology saying, you see, this is what's really true. God really said, and I am in charge of my own body. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. You know, he, in fact, he says, he, he says that, that, uh, that that's a baby. That's a human being. He says that. Mm -hmm. But if you don't want to hear it that way, so what are you going to do? You distort the truth. Society's doing that every day. That I want to, I want to, he wants me to, he wants me to love. And he wants me to be happy. And God loves love. I saw a sign like, God loves love. What? That's fine. Unless you're trying to distort the truth with it. Leviticus 18 says what God thinks about homosexuality. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 says what God thinks about homosexuality. But if you're distorting the truth, what do you do? We'll eliminate those. I saw, yes, ma'am. Hold on. Barb, Ben, I'll get to you. Go ahead. One of the most frustrating things I think society does right now, it drives me crazy to pray for the truth or my truth. And our society has embraced that. I mean, I fight that with my kids all the time because we're accepting 14 different truths. And it's all our perspective or our reality. And that is so narcissistic. No. It's so selfish. No. And it's so wrong. What Lindsay's saying is is that, that what really drives her crazy is is that the, the phrase, well, this is your truth and this is my truth. They can be different. Okay. Your truth and my truth can be different. You know, I can have one truth says I can do this, and you can have another truth says you can do this. If they if they negate the book, then they're wrong. So it's my job to find what the truth is. What is true truth? So go ahead, Bender. Well, a lot of people are talking <laughs> this is the way I feel is taught. Mm -hmm. Or this is the way I've been taught. But that's not what it says. Mm -hmm. And you want to tell them that's not what it says. But I have, but they'll say, well, I, I can make my own opinion about what I'm reading. This is what I think it says. Mm -hmm. 
And so when yep. you go that route, that's not what it says. Yep. You know. You can come into the book with your own ideas about what it says, okay? What it says when it comes to gender roles, when it comes to sexual roles, when it comes to morality roles. You can come in with your own agenda. You can come in with your own ideology. The problem is you have to leave it with one. And if yours matches up with that one, then fine. But if it doesn't, you have to leave. You have to leave it with what? You have to leave it with the, another one, and with the right one. You can't yes, just read one verse. And I get myself in trouble because I tell people all the time, you have to learn how to read between the lines. People say, oh, I had somebody stand right here and say, I don't like your teaching. Great, there's other classes, go. <laughs> Fine. He said, I don't like the way you, you add to it and take away. I said, I don't do that. I said, I tell people to read between the lines. What was what was the feeling going on here? When, when, when he's writing this young preacher... This young preacher is being bombarded with, with stuff that wasn't true. He's being bombarded with it. Guess what, guys? We're being bombarded with stuff that's not true today. Every get, you go, you go and look all over the place. And there are people, there are preachers everywhere teaching stuff that is absolute garbage. Doesn't line up with the book at all. And people flock to them because, you know, the, the, the seeker sensitive movement. You know why that was created? They were going to go after people that were seeking and give them what they were looking for. I had a guy tell me that just the other day at one of the major churches here in town. He said he said that. He said that's that's where we started. We're going to give people what they wanted to have, what they want to hear. <coughs> really, really, that's what you were going to do. Yeah, and you think that's acceptable? Yeah, they thought it was acceptable. It's called the Seeker Sensitive Movement. Started years back. Started out in California and it morphed in and it's uh, it's involved in a couple of churches here in town already. Yes, ma'am. We grew up in a culture that believed one opinion is just as good as another, mm -hmm. and that's false. Yeah. Only the informed opinion is any good. Well, it doesn't. It doesn't promote the truth. What is the true truth? And you know, if you're not willing to study the book, you're not willing to look at it and say, "Okay, God, teach me what I need to know, so I don't make this mistake here," because I'm fixing to step into a hole. I may be step, stepping into a hole, and you know, I'm not saying you always will, but what if you are stepping into a hole? I mean, we've done it. We've done it here. Stepped into a hole we shouldn't have stepped into, and it reached up and bit us, you know, right in the backside. Yes, ma'am. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, whether they'll listen to it or not doesn't matter. You know, I, I'll give you, we stepped in a hole. Well, we, we started to. When we had someone here that said, well, I believe that the Bible is no longer relevant. I believe that the Bible is no longer relevant. Not once, not twice, numerous times I was told that. And I said, excuse me? Really? If the Bible's no longer relevant, then what happens? All of these things we're talking about are true. They're all okay. We can do whatever we want if the Bible's no longer relevant. 
because the Bible is there to keep us in the, between the ditches. When you start getting out of that, and it's no longer relevant, now you get in the ditch. Look at what he said. He said it's profitable. It's useful for teaching, rebuking, rebuking is is chastising. You know, I got I got it written down here. Hold on. <laughs> teaching what is right, uh, correcting, rebuking what is not right. It's a uh, it's in correction how to get right. You know, if I'm using it to correct, I'm telling you, okay, you can't do this. You have to do this. That's to find out what is right to do. And then the last one is instruction is how to stay right. How to stay right. What's right, what's not right, how to get right, and how to stay there. That's what he's telling you there. He said, listen to it again. It's used for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. For what reason? What is all that for? What's the scriptures for? So that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. You understand that Satan has been trying to destroy this from the jump. You understand that? From the very beginning, Genesis chapter 3 and verse 1, what he said. The woman said, God told us what? Don't eat the fruit of the tree in the middle, middle of the garden. And he, said, and he said, oh, it won't hurt you because then you'll be able to be just like God. It will. You won't die. That's what he said. Change one word. One word, guys. How easy is it for a false teacher today to change two or three words in, a, in a, an idea and completely change the whole, the whole dynamic of the idea? They do it all the time. Do it all the time. You know, you're, you're talking about things that are obvious, like they get rich and they're flying on jets. You know, it doesn't mean they're a false teacher. It's when they open their mouth and they start saying things that are not biblical. Or they, they promote an ideology that's not a doctrinal stand from the, from the book. Or they take a scripture out of context and say, you see here, it's okay because God, and, and 1 John chapter 5 says God is love. Yes, he does say that. But he also says not to participate in this kind of activity. When you cut that out, to do what some of the people want to do today, you know what they have to do? You have to read scripture with a pair of scissors. What you have to do? I'll give you one. Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10. You know what it says? Anybody know what it says? Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10. He that believes with his heart and confesses with his mouth will be saved. What it says? He that believes with his heart and confesses with his mouth will be saved. That's it. He that believes with his heart, confess it with his mouth, will be saved. And you know what they, how they use that? You see, God only wants you to say you believe. God only wants you to confess with your mouth. At the, at the downfall of every other scripture that he talks about. You have to use all of these scriptures within the context. Within the, con the framework of what is salvation or to God, what does he mean by it? What does he expect from us? What does he want us to do? And then look at the examples that he gave us as, as the scriptures went along. What were the examples he gave us? In any example, anywhere, say that that's all they did. No. But that's not the way they take it out of context and teach it. You see? Here it is. All you got to do is just believe. And I've had this thrown at me, that text thrown at me in the jail hundreds of times. Hundreds of times they threw it at me at the jail. That's what, because it was convenient. And I said, if that's true and you did this, then what are you doing sitting in jail? What are you doing here? Well, you know, it doesn't really make any difference what I do now, I, as long as I do that. What? <laughs> Drive me nuts. When I start seeing this stuff, and I start hearing this stuff, and I know it's not biblical. Can I get there? Can you get there? Absolutely. Why do you think we're doing this Bible reading? You think it's you think because we don't we think you've got nothing else to do? 
Is that what we think? Well, we think that it's going to absolutely help to get in the books and get a systematic plan in place so that you can read the Bible in a year. And we do we think it'll help? We wouldn't do it if we didn't think it would help. Our job is to keep this nonsense out of them doors over there and out of this place in here. But it's your job too. Guys, it's your job to keep it out of your house. Take control of your family, teach your family, and don't let them believe garbage. Don't let them believe a lie. Don't let them participate in that stuff. That's your job. That's what he tells you. Ladies, it's your job to, to be a blessing and encouragement and an uplifting to your husband and to help him do this. That's what our job is. Our job, if we're gonna, if we're gonna survive, we're gonna survive. Jesus told us, unless you're willing to do this, don't call yourself a disciple. Don't call yourself. You can, this, this, this is the first time you can hear it this morning because you can hear it again in just a little while. Romans, I mean, Luke chapter 14 said, if you're not willing to, to, to carry your cross and follow me, then not be my disciple. Can't. Don't you think picking up your cross and following him means I'm going to be abiding by the truth that he promoted and he presented? Don't you think? Or I'm going to let every every guy out there, every woman out there, every whoever out there, teach me and train me into, into something that's not true. Analyze, analyze, analyze everything you're being taught. Everything. Even what I teach you. Analyze it all. If Cole gets up there, I get up there, or Scott gets up there, and we say something, make us back it up. Make us prove it's the truth. Okay? We're going to start chapter 4 next week. And, uh, and here we go again. More false teachers. What are you going to tell us? All right? We'll deal with it again. All right. Thank you, Thank you. Do you want to know the tip?